today on the Scott Thompson Show on AM 900 CHML. Let's dive into the, uh, I guess, the top story. It's a political one. And, and I'll put out a phrase because I want to know who said this? There's never a wrong time to do the right thing. Who said that? Jake, do you know who said that? Who said that? I do not. Was it Churchill? <laughs> Please. It's always Winston Churchill. Churchill was a lot smarter than that. Um, well, that would be then leader Dalton McGinty. He was no Churchill. Sorry, Jake. Uh, but he said it back in 2010 when he buckled to public pressure and, of course, scrapped his proposed sex ed curriculum, the very same one rammed through by Kathleen Wynne, and now the same curriculum haunting Patrick Brown. But McGinty flip-flopped knowing this curriculum was going to cost him. He made absolutely no apologies, but he just up in reverse course. That's that. All forgiven. Now it's happening again, this time with the PC leader, who late yesterday issued an apology for a letter sent out to voters in the Scarborough Rouge River riding, which is going into a by-election on uh, the 1st of September. But the letter said it would scrap the sex ed curriculum. Brown issued an op-ed yesterday saying that he strongly supports it, he said that he went in, uh, he said he went too far in saying that he would scrap the registry and that he wants to lead a party of inclusion. So naturally, this caught everyone off guard and Twitter blew up. Folks piled on Brown for calling it a flip flop, handing the election to win, digging his grave, et cetera, et cetera. It just went on and on and on. Naturally, the Ontario liberals were licking their chops. But Why? Hey, if you, if you guys live by the same rules of Dalton McGinty, there's never a wrong time to do the right thing, right? So I would suggest to the liberals before they get all glib, let me remind you, yes, this was a mistake. It was a mistake. But it pales. Doesn't even come close to the waste, the political and police investigations, e-health, orange, gas plants, hydro, taxes, soaring debt. Shall I go on? I mean, the show is only three hours. So, yeah, we'll go on. This mistake didn't cost Ontarians billions, but it could prove costly. We'll, we'll talk directly to Patrick Brown, who joins us now. Hi there, Patrick. Alice, great to be with you today. Been a tough day of media. I think you've had a, a tough couple of days. Yeah, you know, but uh, uh, like you said, it's, uh, it's never the wrong time to do the right thing. And uh, I felt the letter... Uh, uh, that was sent out on Friday uh, went too far, and uh, I wanted to uh, apologize for it. Uh, they say in politics, never admit you when you make a mistake, but I uh, I disagree with that. Uh, I um, you know uh, I can criticize the government on the lack of consultation, but uh, you know I, I don't want to win votes in our by-election on Thursday in Scarborough under the illusion that I was going to stop or scrap sex education because that's not part of my plan. So uh, ultimately, on issues like. LGBT sensitivity, combating homophobia, mental health, texting. You have to have sex education in the schools, and that's why I uh, apologize for the letter. Uh, I assumed responsibility, and uh, uh, I'm the leader of the party, so the buck stops with me. So, so as I understand it, though, this, this letter did take you off guard, because did you yourself send it, or how did it get out? You know, I, I didn't see it before it went out. Um, I, I was up north, but uh, having said that, these are my officials. These are my workers in, in Scarborough, and uh, um, ultimately uh, I assume responsibility. It was a mistake. 
uh, and that's why I wanted to uh, clarify as expeditious as possible how I stood, because I don't want to win votes in Scarborough on a false promise. Right. But it is a contentious issue in that particular riding. I mean, this is not an issue. I mean, I, I went on Twitter myself for transparency, Patrick, and I said, well, why are we bringing this issue up again? I'm not a fan of the curriculum, but I don't think it is, you know, the central issue Ontarians should be worrying around about. This is just no, simply... No, I, I want to be talking about hydro prices, how the highest hydro prices in North America, about the five OPP investigations, about the red tape, about the job losses. Um, you know, that's what I want to be talking about. Unfortunately, in Scarborough, this is a hot topic. It's what the candidates are hearing at the doors. Um, and uh, there is a lot of opposition to the sex education curriculum uh, in Scarborough, uh, Rouge River. Yeah, there is. And, and for listeners, you know, look, regardless of what the Liberals say, they put this thing through. They did not consult with parents. They, they had parent organizations. It was very minimally done, but it was done for optics. So the big blowback on the sex ed curriculum, especially in areas where there are a lot of new immigrants, uh, the sex ed curriculum rubbed a lot of people the wrong way because parents were simply not told. And so, yes, it was an issue. But again, do you think, uh, you know, now that we're talking about this for the last couple of days, you've had to issue this apology, are you going to pay for this uh, in the by-election this week? You know, I, I, I may lose votes in this. Uh, my candidate may lose votes in support uh, for this in, in Scarborough Rouge River, where there is a lot of uh, opposition. Um, but uh, ultimately, I can't campaign. I can't seek votes uh, on a false promise. And uh, and I'm not going to be scrapping uh, sex education. Um, you know, it, it's, uh, it's one thing to say that the government's consultation was miserable, because you're right, Alex, even the FOI said that the 4,000 people the government said they consulted, that never happened. It was, it, it was a farce. It was, it was for show. And so, you know, as, as much as I criticize the government on that, I don't want to create an impression. And that letter did create an impression that I was going to scrap or stop sex education. You know, the next time we update the curriculum, sure, we can do a better job at engaging parents and educators and experts in that consultation. Um, but we're not getting rid of sex education. Okay, so let me ask you this. Uh, will you revamp it once elected? Will you look at it, revamp it, and consult with parents? Yeah, so I, I think every government um, updates uh, the, the curriculum, uh, and it's important to update it regularly. You know, I, I think uh, that, that that's happened every time we've elected a new government, and, and we will, on a regular basis, update the curriculum. I, I, will, I will ensure that when we do that in the future that we engage parents, educators, um, and experts in a meaningful way, not not, not just for show. Um, but I, I want to be very clear, saying that I'm going to do proper consultation uh, during the next update does that is not code word for no sex ed. It's not code word for removing elements of the curriculum to combat homophobia, because that's not who I am. I was proud to be the first a Barry MP uh, to attend a Pride flag raising. I was proud to be the first PC leader to take an official delegation into the Toronto Pride Parade. I don't care who you love. I don't think it's the government's business. Um, and, uh, and I'm certainly not going to open the door to um, removing those aspects uh, from the curriculum. You know, there's certainly a lot of chatter. You're not blind. You see this on Twitter. You see the comments people are saying, a lot of people saying, Patrick Brown doesn't know what he's doing. He's got a leadership problem. He's disorganized. So what do you say to those people? I mean, do you need to do a reorganization and, and get more focused behind the scenes? Um, you know, I, I, I acknowledge this was um, a, a mistake. It was, a, you know, a, a communications mistake, uh, and um, we'll have to get more organized. We'll have to, um, 
and be better. But ultimately, as leader of the party, I own the mistake, and that's why I apologize. That letter should never have gone out on Friday. Um, and uh, I hope my I hope we can all learn from this. Yeah, and look, we've got a long way to go until the 2018 election, and that's a good thing because uh, I'm sure in that time, people will either be out of their house because they can't afford their hydro anymore or can't find food, and I'm sure there'll be a couple more scandals with the current government. But it's these social issues, uh, you know, Ms. Brown, that, that catch the Conservatives every single time, whether it's gay marriage, whether it's religious schools, whether it's the sex ed curriculum. How do you, as the leader then, you know, unite the party and and have it so uh, people get behind you because it's well known that the liberals do a lot of things wrong, but what they do very well is campaign. And they're very, very organized. And even when they air, they still back each other up. They don't throw each other under the bus, so to speak. They they unite. Um, how do you unite the party so that you get everybody under the umbrella? Well, you're right. You know, the, the, the liberals are expert uh, spinners, expert campaigners, and, and we have to, to, to deal with that. And you know, sometimes conservatives um, get uh, tied in a knot on social issues. And uh, you know, what I've been saying, and, and I think my participation in the Pride Parade and attending the, the, the Pride flag raisings at Queen's Park speak to, is I'm not interested in revisiting these divisive social issues. I want to talk about the issues that are, are, are frustrating Ontario. Ontario families across the province, and and when I go around the province, they're not talking to me about social issues. They're talking to me about a hydro bill they can't afford to pay. They're talking to me about their the, the local plant that's closed. They're 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 talking to me about how they're disappointed in a government that has that is that is mired in in, in deficit and debt. Um, they're worried about their hospitals that are being cut. They're worried about their schools that are in miserable shape. That's what we should be talking about. Yeah, it is. And I reminded people that, you know, yes, I was critical of, of, of this move, but at the same time, it pales in comparison to the real issues I think Ontarians across every city in this province are really suffering right now. If you've got a question for Patrick Brown, you can give us a shout, 905-645-3221. Uh, he, of course, penned an op-ed apologizing for a letter that went out uh, in a particular writing that goes to the polls on September 1st. Um, you know, I, I look at this, Patrick Brown, and I mean, you can be critical to a degree, but I also say, hey, you know what? It takes a lot to apologize, even if some of, some of it is political, but it takes a lot to apologize and admit um, you're changing course on something because the liberals have done it several, several times. It's actually happened many times, but they don't apologize. So what was your thinking and, and logic behind apologizing? Well, I think it's always important to um to be uh, honest, to be uh, and if you make a mistake, own up to it. Um, this this letter was was a mistake, um, and and I wouldn't have felt comfortable um, garnering votes at Scarborough River on a on a promise that was made in that letter that I had no intention of acting upon. Um, I wasn't going to scrap sex education. Uh, that's not part of my plan if I'm premier, and uh, you know I I just didn't want to. Um, I didn't want to win votes in the by-election um, on on uh, a false pretense. Bottom line, though, is there are two sets of rules when it comes to campaigning. There's the rules for the Liberals, and then there are rules. You will face much more scrutiny, uh, I think, coming into this. Folks here in Hamilton certainly know Andrea Horvath. She's been around for a long time. But a lot of people have questions about you know who Patrick Brown is. So what are you going to do as far as strategy? You know, I'm just going to get out there and continue to work, to roll up my sleeves and to tour every part of the province and to talk to Rotary Clubs and Town Halls and Chambers of Commerce. Um, you know, my um, 
my grandfather worked till he was 94 in a, in a car lot in Barrie, and he always said there's no shortcuts in life, it's just about hard work, and that's what I'm going to do for the next uh, 21 months before the next provincial election. I've been talking about my four economic pillars everywhere I go in the province on investing in infrastructure, cutting red tape, having competitive energy prices, and evolving our education system to graduate young people for the jobs of today. And I'm going to continue to talk about those four economic pillars and talk about how we can get Ontario back on track, how we can make Ontario prosperous again. Let me just uh, put you on hold here because I want to bring Scott into the conversation. Uh, Scott, do you have a question for Patrick or a comment? Yes, how are you today, Patrick? Uh, Patrick, can you hear Yes, I am. There you go. Scott, go ahead with your question. Yeah, I was just curious what uh, you and or your party, the PCs, see as a fix for this latest gaffe by the Liberals with respect to hydro. I don't think there's a a man or a woman out there in Ontario today, regardless of their income, that isn't seething over this. Well, there's two two major problems with the Liberals' energy policy, and I'll touch on both of them. Uh, One, we've given away $3.5 billion in power in the last two years. So we've signed renewable contracts for energy we don't need. We're signing contracts and giving it to Michigan, New York, and Quebec. We have to stop signing these contracts, knowing that we have this giant surplus, knowing that we hide it under a global uh, adjustment. um, We continue to sign them. The government, uh, 16 more new ones last year, they're signing several new ones right now. You know, right now, adjacent to my hometown in Barrie, in Collingwood, they're putting up a giant mega wind turbine next to the airport, despite the fact we don't need the energy. We're going to give it away. The airport's against it. The city's against it. The county's against it. But they don't listen. They need to start listening, stop signing these 25-year deals for energy we don't need. The second thing is this plan to privatize this fire sale of Hydro One, you know, loaning groups money to buy uh, shares at, at, at rock-bottom prices is foolish. And by the government's own estimates, it's going to cause hydro prices to go up even further. And so the fire sale of Hydro One is is completely wrong. Uh, they're using it as one-time money in their budget, but we're going to be paying for it for years. And these renewable contracts for energy we don't need, they have to stop that. Good question, Scott. Thank you for that. And Patrick, I should point out, you can't undo the damage that, that this government has done. If you're elected, we're still going to have soaring hydro costs, or can you do anything? My goal is to bring back competitive uh, uh, energy prices. You know, when um, when the PCs were in office, we had energy prices that were half that of Alberta. Now we're double. Yeah. Um, yes. You know, we, we, we can have competitive energy prices, but we have to deal with the surplus, and we got to try to convince the government not to pursue um, the fire sale in the manner that they're doing it. Uh, Bev is uh, texting in and asking, will you put your expenses online? Um, I think our expenses are online. Uh, you know, we're, we're very transparent uh, about our um, expenses, and uh, from my understanding, the, the legislature does, does post that. Uh, I know I did that as an MP, but I'll... Uh, you know, I'd have to get clarification on, on how much disclosure provincial legislature has, but I, I'm in favor of, uh, of as much transparency as possible. Yes, it doesn't, it doesn't seem to exist uh, in the current uh, Queen's Park. Just quickly before I let you go, the Institute for, uh, Institute for Canadian Values uh, suggested in a letter that you stepped down. They say, you know, you're not representing uh, what you said you would. Your answer to them would be? You know, they've been criticizing me for a while. They criticized me two years ago when I marched in the Toronto uh, Pride Parade. Um, but, you know, if they had it done their uh, uh, due uh, diligence, they would have known that I was the first MP in Barry's history to attend a Pride flag raising seven years ago. And I was proud to march two years ago. I was proud to march this year. And frankly, um, supporting marriage equality, supporting LGBT rights is becoming more sh- mainstream in, uh, in, 
and the Conservative Party. This year we had Ron Ambrose there, Lisa Raitt, Kelly Leach, Maxine Bernier. We had, we had dozens of MPs and MPPs, and we were proud to participate. And, you know, uh, you know to that uh, letter criticizing me, um, I'll just tell them very clearly that I am proud to say uh, it doesn't matter who you love, uh, you have a home in the PC party, and the government has no business in your personal business. Patrick, I know it's been a, a couple of days of uh, pretty busy for you. It's been a bumpy ride, but I thank you so much for uh, coming on and, and chatting with us. My pleasure. Good luck on uh, September first. Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play, and listen to the Scott Thompson Show weekdays from noon to three on AM nine hundred CHML.